Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed. A list of movies that you're probably, if you're of a certain age, you might have been very fond of growing up. Most of these are uh, from the 80s and into the, uh, into the early 90s for a couple of them. And it's just believed that they just don't work anymore for a, a whole variety of, of reasons. Uh, at the top of the list seems to be Goonies. Now, this came out in 85, and I don't remember a whole lot about it. It's been a long time since I've seen it. The Goonies, the things you're not supposed to feed after midnight, that, that was that deal, right? No, that was the Gremlins. Oh, Gremlins. I got the Gremlins and the Goonies mixed right, up. Right, yeah. All right. Well, people say uh, it just does not work anymore. It's just full of racism, sexism, misogyny, uh, ableism, homophobia. It's insulting to Italians, Asians, women, people with physical and mental disabilities. It runs the whole gamut of insulting people. And so in uh, 2021, that just doesn't work anymore. Okay. The Breakfast Club. Now, a lot of John Hughes movies have been under the uh, the microscope in the last few years for different reasons. Um, you know, 16 Candles had... Um, um, Long Duck Dong. Yeah, that, and, and Michael Anthony Hall and the whole underwear scene and right. the, the drunken girl and yes. all of that is is frowned upon. Now, Ducky from Pretty in Pink seems to be pretty toxic now. Um, but they say The Breakfast Club is the worst for all really? the John Hughes movies, which, again, I, you know, in my mind, outside of uh, the character of Allison, who was... You know, the, the girl Sheedy. Yeah, sat in the corner. I always had a thing for Ali Sheedy when I was a younger fella. Anyhow, um, you know, she sat in the corner and she didn't speak to anybody and she ate the sugar with the straw or the crushed up the yeah. crackers. She was, the she was the weirdo. And in the end, uh, Molly Ringwald makes her all up to look pretty and then Emilio Estevez notices her. The message being, you got to be pretty to get the football guy to like right, you, which of yes. is the wrong message. Okay. Right? But outside of that, I mean, it seemed to me it was just a movie about high school kids going through high school pressures. I always thought the message was if you didn't really know someone, you know, you didn't know, you, you could be attracted to someone. If, if you dismissed her right mm-hmm. away by her appearance, you wouldn't have known that later on you could have been attracted to her. Right, right. Um, or, or, and had more in common uh, with each other. And I thought that was the kind of the message at all. Do you have the nerd you have the the, the the you know the geek the nerd the the, the athlete mm-hmm. uh, the weirdo the jock or whatever the hell it was right mm-hmm. yeah. um, and uh, and the punk and and yet they all found common interests mm-hmm. and, and common goals I thought yeah. there was supposed to be an uplifting message to that and I mean I mean it was all filmed in one spot right mm-hmm. the high school library for the most part all in one high school it was very different for the time certainly. Uh, in very few films where they can keep your attention when it's all just shot in one room. It's- yeah, I didn't find it overly offensive in any you know category, but I mean there was some bullying involved and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But that's I, I think more than anything, the reason the Breakfast Club was such a hit is because it resonated. It mm-hmm. mirrored high school life for so many people. Well, maybe lucky you didn't find it offensive because you were just the king of your school. <laughs> Mr. Jock, Mr. Right. Good-looking, all the right. ladies loved you. I know your yeah, life. That must be it. wasn't easy being a guy like me. <laughs> I was more like Brian. <laughs> Couldn't fix the damn lamp. Uh, uh, you know, I was watching an interview the other day uh, with Alan Ruck, who played yeah. Cameron, yeah. right, uh, from uh, Ferris Bueller's. He was up for Bender. He he auditioned mm. for that role. He's in Succession now. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And he was uh, he was talking about that, but he, but he was talking more about his start uh, and that uh, he had initially 
uh, read for John Hughes mm. for that Bender role wasn't a fit at all. No. Uh, and then when John Hughes wrote Ferris Bueller's Day Off, mm. he thought of him for that. Mm. Although he was 29. Yes, he was a lot older. Yeah, that's when right. When he did that role. He looked so young. And Matthew Broderick was 25. Mm-hmm. And I think they had worked together in theater. Yes, they, they had, yeah. Other. Um, Ghostbusters, the new one's coming out, Afterlife, this weekend. Well, from 84, it is said now that the entire Venkman-Dana arc is uh, super creepy. Venkman uh, stalking her, barging into her apartment. Right. Generally not taking no for an answer. Right. That's a problem now. This is uh, insulting, I think. 1994, Forrest Gump. People say not only is it bad and boring... With no story and no interesting characters. It relies no on double nostalgia. Yeah, so they, there's, there's too many stories right. in there, perhaps. <laughs> and uh, talk about all the interesting characters. From Forrest himself to his mom to the shrimp. to Yeah, to, to, yeah, to Jenny. To Captain Dan. Yes, Lieutenant Dan. Lieutenant Dan. Lieutenant Dan. Yeah. I mean, there's more than enough great, interesting characters in that movie. Right. You know, and, uh, you know, if anything is be offended by it is maybe the playing of, of Forrest Gump being slow mm. right or like, uh, but beyond that I mean it, it, it is such I think the part of the, the, the beauty of the movie is how it reworks him into history mm-hmm. yeah I don't know that I ever saw this from 84 the never ending story is less fantastic and more boring than you remember and the horse dies earlier than you think again I never saw it I don't I, think it, it vaguely sounds familiar but I can't remember it an Ace Ventura pet detective from 94, the overt transphobia of the final act really does not hold up, and knowing it's coming makes it damn near impossible to enjoy the first two acts. Right, yeah, okay. Well, it was, you know, Jim Carrey in the early 90s. What do you expect? Right. Yeah, but it was that storyline, you know, she or he is now a she, and, and you know, right. I can understand how now in, in this day and age, a lot more woke right. that doesn't stand up. So you don't have to sit through all those movies, of course. You, you know, it's, it's, it's not your cup of tea, and it, it doesn't uh, fit your, your belief system. Now, that's more than, than fine. You can, because of this time of year, watch the Countdown to Christmas, all the Hallmark movies. Oh, right. <laughs> At least you know what you're getting every single time. Tonight on the Hallmark Channel, Christmas at a Christmas tree farm. He's a widower architect from the big city with perfect teeth. 20-inch biceps, and a precocious five-year-old daughter who's sweet enough to give you a cavity. She's a former lingerie model who's unable to have a child of her own who now works on her parents' Christmas tree farm. Will they meet and find love? What are you, a moron? It's Christmas at a Christmas tree farm, tonight on the Hallmark Channel. Rock Mornings with Craig Venn and Lucky, 94.9 The Rock. One in five people say they've made a critical error at work that could have had them fired. <laughs> Most didn't lose their job. Okay. I uh, I lost one for sure in this business, but when I let a guy just use the most vulgar language, right. a litany of bad words, right. uh, that cost me a gig. I don't think... Uh, I mean, I've made lots of mistakes and gotten away with it along the uh-huh. way. You? Oh, I, I haven't... <sighs> I don't think I've had made that critical area gotten fired for it. Like, none of them fired on the spot. Right. I'm trying to think back to, like, you know, past jobs here and there. But no. Um, but, yeah, I've, you know, if if dead air is a crime <laughs> in this industry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes. Guilty as charged. 
Uh, we make a lot of common mistakes these days. Uh, we've uh, forgotten to mute ourselves and said something inappropriate on a work call. Right. We failed to hang up and said something about the person on the other end. My cell phone, my new one, does a weird thing where when you're talking to somebody and the call is over and you hit end, it hangs there for about two to three oh, seconds. You gotta, gotta watch before you badmouth yeah, the person you're you just know, talking about. Oh, thank God that call's over. Right. You know. Um, other common behaviors that are work. Now, management was asked about this. Like, what, what things would make you want to fire somebody on the spot? <laughs> and, and overall, shopping on your work computer All right. is, the, is the number one thing that boss walks by and you're buying new winter boots gotcha. while you're supposed to be working. Yeah. Um, applying for other jobs while you're at your uh, work. Gotcha. See, that would be a problem. Uh-huh. Streaming TV shows on the clock and just falling asleep at your desk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I guess there's got to be a frustration in just not seeing people working, right? Right. I mean, that being said, uh, you know, work now, especially working from home, uh, which a lot of people are still doing, I mean, must drive some bosses crazy. Oh, must hate it. The, 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 you know, they, they have no control over what's going on. Yep. But the trade-off to that is that they've kind of stopped the 9 to 5 like they don't, they don't mind calling you before mm. or after or on weekends. Mm. Uh, you know, it's kind of like you're always uh, if you're if you're at home, you're technically always at work. Now. Right, right. I think Portugal just implemented a law that it's now illegal or will be soon for an employer. Like after a set time in the evening, they are not permitted to call you anymore. Yeah. Because I guess it's it's happening uh, worldwide. The thing too is, okay, if you work in a warehouse or you're driving, you're you know you're a you're a tradesperson of some sort, then of course you're probably busy and moving all the time. But it's the people who work behind a desk who always put on the big show of being so incredibly busy, and right. yet they are online shopping, right. reviewing their kids' homework, yeah. you know, <laughs> checking in with their mom in Florida. I've even looking at my computer. I know exactly what you're doing. How? What is the price on those boots? I don't know yet. <laughs> you know, um, it is said and believed that when you do a good deed for somebody, not only are you helping them and, and probably lifting their spirits a touch, but it's also very good for you. It, it makes you feel happy, and it is said you feel more relaxed. Now, th- th- these are things I've heard. I, I, I don't know because I've never done a good deed for anybody, but, <laughs> but maybe I should try to implement it into my life. You know, we're always evolving. Um, little things, helping a friend, a family member, a coworker, donating, uh, just saying good morning, holding a door, uh, complimenting someone, paying for someone's meal, buying someone a coffee. Carrying groceries, any little thing, right? You know, can help out. Yeah, and we do get a little bit. Of, I what I found I was doing at one point, I guess when we were out and about, and and uh, and parking meters weren't all done on apps. Right? Is that I would, if you got that parking ticket, that mm-hmm. voucher, you know, I would look for someone. Yeah. As I was leaving to to give that to, if there was still some time left on yep. it, say, hey, you need a half hour or something like that, and I'd feel all warm and fuzzy sure. inside after doing that. Felt like I did them a favor, a solid. Then you'd get back to your car and see that someone had rear-ended you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. if you don't get acknowledgement for that, because some of us are are simply doing it for the acknowledgement, not mm-hmm. for like our own pleasure right. in it, right? You wait, you hold that door, right. and then that person comes through, and you feel good for having done it, and then they just walk by you and don't say anything. Yeah, and you know, there's been there's been uh, figures in 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 Toronto over the years who have done things quietly and on. I remember the great story of was it Doug Gilmore who used to go around and like hand out sleeping bags. 
to homeless people on the street. And it, it went unnoticed for a very long time. Somebody finally brought it up, but it's not something he ever advertised. You know? Right. And I think there's a lot of people who do a lot of that kind of stuff. Probably. Right. right. You know? And they keep it to themselves. I mean, if I was handing out sleeping bags to a homeless, I would be bragging about it constantly. <laughs> you know? And I wonder, too, you know, you get the, the ultra mega uber rich. I mean, we were talking about Elon Musk the other day and like, the you know, the Gates family and their foundation mm. has done so much for for others around the world. Yeah. You know. And yet only get a raw deal from people about how much they, they yeah. have, right? And there's always things going on in our own neighborhood. Uh, a lady by the name of uh, Laurie Defoe from uh, Oshawa Power reached out to us recently to ask us if we'd be uh, willing to help out as kind of judging and helping to review people who are nominated uh, for doing charitable work yeah. in, in the Durham region. And so we're going to help out with that. And, yeah, like, again, it's, you know, those small things. There's so many people, especially when re- people retire. I know... My dad did this for a while when he could. He was out doing a ton of volunteering. He was at the hospital. He was at a church serving, you know, lunches and stuff. I'm like, Bob, you never spoke to your son the entire time. <laughs> now you're helping all these strangers. Anyhow, it is something that so many people do. Right. And they they never get uh, kind of acknowledged for it. Yeah. So. Well, actually, this thing that we're doing is pretty cool, too. So if you know someone... Uh, in the community who've uh, volunteered with local charities or nonprofits mm-hmm. doing like amazing work, you can nominate them. Uh, OPUC.ON.ca, the Oshawa Power, uh, is where you're going. Um, and uh, they're going to honor those. So we're going to be on like the judging panel to, right. find, to find out who's kind of the top five. Uh, but they'll be honoring five members of our community uh, who have given back and lifted up. Uh, there'll be three first place winners who will receive a thousand dollar donation in their honor to the local charity of their choice, nice. and uh, two second place winners as well will receive a five hundred dollar donation in their honor. So it's a pretty cool way to do it. Yep. They've already given, and then they're going to well give more in their name. No, it's terrific. What it'll do for me is make me feel even worse about myself. Oh yeah, <laughs> I realize I haven't done anything for anybody. I got to go to the dentist today, but I think I'd rather have been stuck in my car in B.C. in the mudslide. <laughs> this story is unbelievable, and they've had like 50 people, uh, children, dogs, uh, 275 people all together, including 50 children, 20 dogs, all rescued so far, no fatalities, and from what we can tell, at this stage, uh, no injuries, which is just amazing. Cause I think this happened like, over the weekend, basically. Yeah. They yeah. had these crazy, they're calling like atmospheric uh, pressures affecting the the rivers, yeah. uh, mudslides coming down, uh, and you know if you've ever driven through some of these mountain roads in BC or or watched Highway Through Hell, mm-hmm. then it's you know it's it's a two lane road and that's it. Yeah, uh, and uh, they've gotten blocked in these cars. Uh, they had to spend the night in their cars, mm-hmm. which you know reminds that uh, was a couple few years ago. Uh, that you know, people got snowed in on a, on the road in Sarnia. What is it? That's uh, right. Four seventeen or seven or whatever the hell it is. Yeah, uh, I think it's four seventeen or the four oh two. One of those. Like anyway, they were and you know, a, a guy died in his car yeah. because well, it was the middle of winter. Middle right. of winter, they ended up you know running out of gas, and and they said even like having one candle in mm. your car could keep you warm enough mm-hmm. in it uh, to to survive the night if you had to, but. My goodness, they had to helicopter all these people out to get them out. I have one napkin and a bag of, a tiny bag of uh, old Dutch uh, salt vinegar chips. Yeah. <laughs> well, you could start a fire. Yeah, I guess I could. <laughs> I'm, well, my car's not worth much. I could just burn it. You're right. Um, yeah, so you see, it looks like Twilight Zone. Like, you see these people, all the, the helicopters come in, they get them all, they take them to a safe area. So, very impressive work. 
by the rescue teams and uh, glad to see that so far, as far as we know, anyhow, uh, nobody's been seriously injured or died. So that's that's terrific news. Now, I got to go to the dentist today. <laughs> Hmm. Here's the thing with me and the dentist. Now you got real problems. Much like going to the doctor, I'm always waiting for bad news. Well, especially with Dr. Downer, because all he's ever got from me these right. days is bad news. But I'm always waiting. And I, again, knock on wood, I've been very lucky with the dentist. No cavities. I got all my wisdom teeth still. Like, things, I've been pretty good. Um, but I'm always waiting for the dentist to come open, come in. You know, he comes in and does his little exam. He moves your tongue around, takes a little look. And I'm just waiting for him to go, does that hurt? That right. looks bad, uh-huh. you know, or it's time these wisdoms have to come out. And I hear the longer you have your wisdom teeth, the more impacted they get and the harder they are. And oh, since really? And since I'm turning like 85 soon. <laughs> uh, Physical age. They're going to be tough to uh, yank out if they ever have to come out. I, uh, I, I think the problem is, like with the dentist, and more so than the doctor for me, is that when you go with the doctor, mm. you know everything's covered, mm-hmm. right? With mm-hmm. the dentist, you're never quite sure, right? Mm. If you you know you break something, there's some kind of emergency you got to go to. There's yeah. you know like emergency appointments, uh, and if you, know, you got some insurance, but you're never really sure whether or not you got enough whatever units are in order to cover it. That's not covered. <laughs> and you yeah. think, my goodness, how much? And anything we're going to where you're not sure how much it's going to cost you mm. in the end of it. But you're pretty sure it's going to be more than you want to pay. It's always a more painful experience. And it's interesting, too, with the dentist. I've noticed the last couple of dentists that I've gone to, the one in Windsor and now here, they're overly pleasant. Like, mm. really nice all the time. And I'm thinking, you're looking in gross mouths. How can you be this happy? Right. And then I guess they see the... Uh, the check at the end of the day because the <laughs> dental profession does pretty well, I think. Well, that being said, they got to throw a lot out there because, mm. you know, you got all these machines you got to buy. That equipment doesn't look cheap. They're putting TV screens yeah. and uh, everywhere you go in there now. It's like a man cave where you get your <laughs> dental work done. Yeah. And I think, too, the thing is when you go to the doctor, a lot of times you're going to the doctor because you already know there's a problem. Right. Like you're not feeling well. Gotcha. Like, you go to the dentist, usually you're fine. You it's like, like going to the mechanic. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I only wanted a, you know, the, the maintenance. Regular, <laughs> we're here for an oil change. Yeah. Don't tell me I need brakes. Yeah, why is that tooth black? You know, <laughs> I don't know. I never noticed. Well, it's got to come out anyhow. So we'll we'll go and hear the normal routine. You're not flossing enough. Right. I'll say I know. I'll try better next time. And then I won't. If you were a parent or a kid in the 90s, you probably didn't escape Barney and Friends. My eldest just loved it. And uh, now there's a new docuseries in the works about Barney and how he became so beloved and then so hated. <laughs> no official title yet, but the series promises to examine the rock star-like trajectory of Barney the dinosaur who captured the hearts of millions of children, then became the target of hate and rage across pop culture, the early internet, and playgrounds around the world. And uh, I, I remember there being like some really kind of violent stuff about him, like you know he was getting shot and people were doing terrible things oh, really? to Barney. Yeah, you know, um, and I, and it's just I think one of those things when something is so massively popular, eventually it has to get taken down. Right, things are built up to get taken down. And I do remember we we used to record onto a VHS all of the episodes, and I think at one point must have had about 12 hours of barney on these vhs tapes and daniel just sat there like he was stoned out of out of his mind on his milk right and watching barney for hours on end 
was the greatest thing that ever happened to me. <laughs> I loved that, Barney. Yeah, we uh, we didn't have the Barney face. He was probably gone by he the time gone, your boys yeah, came he was, around. He was canceled a long time before that. <laughs> yeah. But we had to deal with you know, Sesame Street, which yep. I mean, you know, generations Forever, have. Yeah. Um, but then a, a little kid named Caillou mm. who could drive you crazy. Mm-hmm. And if you look at some of the behavior that you hate in kids now. Yeah. <laughs> You see a lot of that kid. Yeah. And how he whined and pouted and got what he wanted. There, yeah, yeah, very true. There was another character. Was he an aardvark? Arthur? Do you remember Arthur? Right. I remember Daniel loving him, too. He had a show. But he was like a, a kid going to school. But he's a good kid. Gotcha. Trying to do right. Yeah, we luckily passed by all of that uh, Caillou stuff. And, of course, then uh, my boys desperately wanted to see, like, Family Guy and all of that. <laughs> to this day, we still don't let them let them watch that. <laughs> when you have your own house, you can watch your own cartoons. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you would hear that theme song from Barney come on. And for some parents, it just sent a chill down your spine. And for others, it was like, good. I can sit outside and have a pint. Rock Mornings with, with Craig, Craig Venn and Lucky. Lucky. 94.9 The Rock.